Welcome to the Uncle Hack Podcast, where dudes pretty much just talk dude shit. Hold me now. It's hard to say I'm just a gay boy. Welcome to another episode of the Uncle Heck Podcast. Living, loving, laughing. That's what we do here on this show, right? We talk about things that don't matter. <laughs> uh, quick public service announcement. Uh, you know, I uh, the exclusive version of the Uncle Heck Podcast is up and ready. Uh, we swamped episodes, okay? So that's what we did here. Uh, because of the events that are unfolding on Facebook. Uh, so this weekend, February 9th and 10th, the Thunder Bay shows have been moved to May 3rd and 4th. Uh, the venue that we were supposed to be at uh, is undergoing some renovations at the moment due to climate change. Uh, whatever happened with the venue there. And we had a um, <clears throat> venue lined up, which then due to capacity reasons, we're not able to uh, go through with that. Um, so we have moved, we have agreed to uh, move the show and postpone it to May 3rd and 4th. So that way we are able to deliver the show that we intended on bringing out to Thunder Bay. Next weekend, February 16th and 17th, Niagara Falls. The following weekend, Fredericton. After that, February 20 or February 22nd in Fredericton. February 23rd, 24th in St. John. February 25th in Halifax. February 29th to... Uh, or, or sorry, this uh, there's been... Uh, some, some maneuvering going on with the Winnipeg weekend. Uh, we are just securing another location because we have been dropped from Yuck Yucks in Winnipeg. Uh, so stand by show is still a go. So we will, uh, we'll keep be keeping those that are out in Winnipeg updated as information comes in. <laughs> March 16th, we are in Drumheller, Alberta. March 8th, we are in Tabor, Alberta, the homecoming for your boy. March 24th in Vancouver, British Columbia. March 29th to the 31st in Ottawa, Ontario. Somewhere in there is a Toronto date, I believe. Oh, there it is. April 5th in Toronto, Ontario. April 11th, Hinton, Alberta. April 12th, Rocky Mountain House. April 13th, Drayton Valley. Uh, April 12th. 20th, we are in Plano, and then April 26th, we are in Austin, Texas again. Then, like I said, May 3rd and 4th, Thunder Bay, we will be there. Um, <clears throat> most importantly, um, you know, we, we talked about this on the exclusive episode, but uh, first and foremost, welcome home, Chris Lysak, ladies and gentlemen. One of the coots for uh, Chris Lysak has been released from the remand center in Lethbridge, Alberta. 
uh, to reduced charges that didn't even pertain to the ones that they held him in there, which was consp- uh, conspiracy to murder an RCMP officer. Uh, that uh, that whole case now is being moved around. All right, I don't know. I'm not a fucking lawyer. I can't sit here and give you lawyer jar- guard jargon. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> But we're we're uh, we're happy to announce on this show that Chris is out of the remand center. He is now breathing fresh air, um, a political prisoner for over two years. You know, um, quite the story. Very inspirational to hear words come out of his mouth uh, in support of like what we're doing with Danger Cats comedy, given the circumstances that he has been put through. You know, um, it's very motivating to have a man like that. uh, Not to put words in his mouth, but almost adore what you're up to. Meanwhile, going through what he was going through. Um, it was, uh, you know, Sam was in constant contact with him throughout his stint in the Lethbridge remand center. So we were constantly getting updates, uh, about his well-being and in his mental state. So, you know, it was great to, uh, hear the news of that. So first off, I want to, I want to just say that for, because of a guy like him, we are able to, you know, that, that he went through what he went through with the, the whole Coots border blockade and, and uh, the trumped up charges that he faced. Uh, we are, we, you know, uh, a lot of those guys, you know, sacrifice comes in many ways and uh, the process is the punishment in a circumstance like that. And Chris, um, welcome home. That, uh, that, that is quite the feat that you uh, and quite the journey that you had to endure during those times. Many of us, you know, we've been waltzing around all willy nilly, not really taking into consideration of those that have went through some horse shit like that. And it, it is quite the story. And uh, I hope you get the justice that you seek for going through what you went through. With that being said, Let's let's get to the silliness. Let's let's mess around a little bit. Let's have some fun. We'll knock that off, you know? Like uh Facebook is a fun place. Facebook is a wonderful place where brilliant minds link up. We exchange ideas and we get to the bottom of things, you know? And and the, that right there is uh <laughs> Something that I guess we're going through with Danger Cat's comedy right now is uh, some would say like uh, I, I, I may have possibly wrote the greatest roast joke of all time. Some may say that as it's been two years since the performance of that joke and it still carries on throughout the country. Um, and will that haunt me for the rest of my life? Some would call it a haunting. I would call it... Uh, you know, praise to uh, my championship run, you know, as champion of the Roast Battle League that Brett Forte runs, you know, um, it is a goddamn honor to write such a joke that has that much weight, you know. Um, 
And it leaves folks, you know, that don't understand comedy that come out and they got to put in their two cents. They got to, you know, they got, they are the comedy experts. If, if there's ever a place where you need to understand what comedy is, what it's about, what it represents, it is in Facebook statuses and as well as comment sections. Cause that is where the great minds all link up to meet, you know? You, some would say that it it could be, uh, you know, Reddit. Reddit has a lot of those folks that are just, you know, willing and ready to spread information and and keep those aware of like how their thinking is their their thought process is wrong. And we adore those folks, you know. Am I? Uh, I am. I am grateful that those folks exist, or else I wouldn't have a career that I have, you know. And with that being said, uh, it, it, it is, I don't want to say it's displeasing that we are removed from a comedy club from doing a show. You know, you would think that uh, a comedy club of all places would have an understanding. And I don't think that one club represents the whole brand. I want to make very, uh, make a point of, uh, and be very clear with that. But... With that being said, when one club, you know, has a particular issue with uh, that being said on the stage, you know, it it, it, it is great. You know, I, I can't sit back because, uh, you know, uh, I can't sit here and talk shit about the whole brand. I can't do that, right? I can't say uh, disgusting, grotesque things about the brand uh, or the chain of comedy clubs that uh, that they all represent the same thing because it went all the way up the food chain and uh, it's good to know that some people still have a stance and unfortunately that um, that stance isn't shared throughout and one particular place like Winnipeg is not willing to stand behind what comedy represents and they're more scared of uh, emails. You know, emails... I'd say are the most terrifying thing on this planet these days is when you receive an email, you know, it's almost like a phone call in when, when the, the, the early years of actually probably now they're similar in a sense. It's like, this is an archaic way of communication, similar to phone calls. You know, you don't want to pick up the phone. Nobody picks up the phone anymore. You don't want to talk and hear the other person's voice and understand like their tone and delivery on what they're trying to say. You want to play the game of guessing the tone and delivery through text messaging. You know, that's that's where we want to exist in, right? You can't sit around and just allow people to pick up the phone and have a phone call or send you an email. Those are archaic, uh, grotesque, disgusting ways to communicate as human beings, and it is vile to me. But I understand, you know, I've gotten a few bad emails in my day, you know, I every week actually on this show, the hate mail, we encourage those to write in hate mail and, you know, some of them are very, very vile towards me and you know, do they hurt my feelings for in the moment? Maybe they do. Maybe they do. Do they get under my skin? Oh God, I, they get on under my skin so bad that I love to screenshot them and put them on my Facebook profile. 
So that way people can, you know, decipher on what this person truly meant. And that, that is exactly what I like to get up to in my spare time. You know, some may think like, oh, this silly Willie, uh, putting up his goofy, goofy little photos on Facebook or uh, Instagram, you know, the real action happens on Facebook, you know, and, and emails, you know, when I get emails every week with, with the subject line hate mail, you know, oh, my tummy turns a little bit. I get a little, ooh, I get a little weak in the knees. And it's not to sit here and, uh, you know, I'm not throwing shade. I just understand the degree of like how, uh, detrimental an email can be to one's psyche, you know. It can be very detrimental to one's mental health. <laughs> but that's just the name of the game. That's uh, what we're up against, you know. It is uh, the one thing that annoys me, though, and I, I discussed this in depth on the uh, exclusive episode, but when stand-up comedians, when self-proclaimed stand-up comedians then are, are now acting as activists towards the art form, that is where I get a little upset because uh, no matter the circumstance, whether I dislike your comedy or, or not, or dislike you as a person, I, I don't think that I garner the right to take it away from you. I think that you... Uh, deserve the right to speak, and I'm not out here trying to censor anybody, especially the words that they're trying to say. The hate speech is the dumbest fucking thing because you can't associate uh, yourself as a, a person who who um, stands behind freedom of speech, which I believe that comedy is a is a form of that, and you are supposed to be given the freedom to find the funny you know you're supposed to that's what that stage represents it represents much more than what i'm just saying and uh i am still a young grasshopper in the game so it would be completely disingenuous for me as a younger comedian to sit back and act as if like I'm holier than now because what I have a fucking social media following that I'm supposed to be taken more serious than, you know, the guy next to me. Um, you know, there is a hierarchy in, in the system, I guess when it comes to booking, but when the art form is presented on a stage, that is where we are all equal, you know, and that is where you don't have the right to remove somebody, um, especially a show that you're not even running, you know, which I find and I get it. It's like, oh, well, the business gets to decide that. And I get that. I know. Oh, so the business is there's many different factors that come into play. And my side and my stance on it, you know, I can't, I can't sit here and try and uh, convince others to think similar to me that I don't, I don't really care to do that. Maybe, maybe a, a little while ago, I guess maybe like three years ago, I would be more inclined to take that stance and be like, well, you don't understand, but what's the point? You're arguing on the internet at that point, you know? I've had one altercation outside of a comedy club or a show that 
that revolved around the particular roast battle joke that was said. And it was taken so out of context, shortened, and uh, the most outrageous part of it was then, um, you know, shot out across social media platforms. So, of course, like when you hear, but there's no context behind it, you know, and you hear that portion of it without the setup, it does sound uh, pretty wild. It's similar to like what... Uh, Tony Hinchcliffe went through with that Pang Dang horse shit where it was just like it was a scrunch down piece where then Ari Shafir goes out and posts the whole clip and it's like oh so he was on board with this the whole time and now he's just looking for his moment of shine and I'm not about to you know I, I, I'm not I'm not saying that you need to put me in the same light as Tony Hinchcliffe and what he went through with his stuff but I'm just saying is like you know if you have the audacity to put stand-up comedian in your bio and you are running around trying to remove shows from stand-up comedians because you disagree what was said on that stage, I'm sorry, but you are not a stand-up comedian. You are an activist. Stick to activism. You know, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. That's fine. But don't run around because this this, this whole thing is shifting and it's changing, you know. The political atmosphere uh, surrounding, I guess, the general public is now shifting. There is a shift in the air and we're sensing it. And like I've, I've said this a thousand times over, that Canada is five years behind the states. All right? We are five years behind the states. And we are still clung to this idea that cancel culture is somehow a form of revenge over uh, what you deem is appropriate or what what your inner thoughts are and and projecting those onto your following to remove something that you disagree with, even though you're a part of that same atmosphere. It does not do what you think it does it projects careers it then you know these people that that try to claw someone down to their level it doesn't do that anymore you know we've seen this time and time again and again i'm not about to fucking say that i'm in the same realm as a shane gillis or a tony hinchcliffe or you know whoever it may be whatever comic that you enjoy that's been canceled comes back twice as hard and and the same thing happened uh two years ago when this was released um initially when this when this particular joke which i don't perform anymore it was in a roast battle i don't carry this up what would i how would i use this it was a one and done you know i've performed it once in my life and it just carries that much weight and that much heat behind it that it's followed me for two years now, which is insane that, you know, I deserve, uh, I know, I deserve that, that, that might be one of the greatest jokes performed in uh, uh, roast battle history inside the border of Canada. And I will take my plaque, Brett Forte, and I will put it behind me right beside the MVP of Tabor Minor Hockey 2007-2008 class. I will make sure that uh, this, is, this is known because that carries some heat. But 
what I was trying to get across is like, you know, that's that if you don't understand comedy, right? If you don't get what's going on, you don't have to like it. You don't have to enjoy it. It's for somebody. And that's the thing is it it's subjective to that person on what you find funny. And that does not also give you the right to, you know, actually you can do whatever you want. What am I trying to say? But in the, in the grand scheme of things, just because you disagree with it does not make it right. No one out there is holier than anyone else because you feel the need to remove it and, and, and try and stuff it in the corner, that closet, then every time you do that, the closet somehow has to, it's going to get full at some point. It's going to burst open and it's going to be rainbows and, uh, Lady Gaga's and, uh, whatever that Dylan Mulvaney guy on the Bud Light can is, you know, that's what pops out of that. And it's like, hello, we're here. Show me whose cock I got to suck. You know, but that's the joy, you know, that's the, the, the danger behind this. It's, it's, a, you know, uh, it, it gives you light. It gives you like a, a charge again and it shouldn't be that, you know, it's, it's exciting in the, in the, in the fucked up way that, that it is, but it's like, holy shit. You know, when it first happened, like I've been through this numerous times on the internet and at some point it just gets old, you know, but it, there is like a, uh, an, uh, I guess an aspect of, of like adrenaline that, that takes over and, and you, you, you see this, it fuels your fire. You know, I get it. Like maybe some of our shows are maybe some, like maybe our shows deemed offensive. Maybe we, we are an R rated show. We are a tr- uh, an X rated show, triple X rated. You know, and and we we tell you that, you know, the internet. Then it is it is a different realm than a comedy club because you don't understand the context and and what's happening in that room. You know, it's difficult to have that same vibe, same feeling. You know, and and, and a lot of people about well, why don't comics put out comedy specials? Money, <laughs> you know money. Some of you don't get the opportunity to go see these guys and then they craft uh, what, what what they think is a great hour. They perform it, they take it on the road, and then when it's time to shelf it, they record the special and then it's time to move on to the next hour. That's the joy of it. But this game is something and, and, it, and it just continues like outside of Yuck Yucks. Uh, this, this just took place on uh, February 1st. So uh, just last week, uh, anti-Israel protest outside of Yuck Yucks was no laughing manner. The funny business is supposed to go on inside a comedy club, not outside of it. Oh, great writing. But uh, we're going to take a little peek into some of the things that took place there. I don't want this to fucking... It was loud. Caught on camera. Mark Breslin escorted into Yuck Yucks. So that'd be...
See what I mean? You know, regardless on whether or not you agree with what the event is taking on, uh, what, what's going on there, but this is the level of retard that we're dealing with in Canada. You know, there's a show going on there and it was uh, deliberately, I believe it was like Aaron Berg. Uh, there was a few other, uh, Rich Voss, who also got canceled from Winnipeg now that I think about it, right? Yeah. You recall this? Rich Voss, Winnipeg. There it is. Let's bring that up. Um, <laughs> this is how pathetic our country is. You know? Here we go. Rich Voss. American comedian's racist remarks spark a walkout at Winnipeg Comedy Show. See, this is again like someone like Rachel Bergen writes this as if like, aha, we got him. But then he goes back to a place called New York City. I don't know if you've heard of this place. Like it's a mecca of comedy. You know, some of the some of the most legendary clubs on the planet are are they exist inside that city. So now he just goes back to America with credibility now people want to go and see this show to be like, what the fuck is Voss up to? You know, comedy fans then are excited when they see this. So it does the polar opposite of what Winnipeg thinks that it's doing to comedy. And the fucked up thing is like one of the, uh, uh, an Ojibwe woman says she was among at least 30 people who walked out of rumors comedy club in Winnipeg on Friday due to a number of racist and homophobic comics they heard from stage. Uh, one of the things he said was, Hey, li uh, Hey, listen, lady, I'm not your sponsor. You need to go to your next AA meeting. He was making a joke about a talent show and saying that, you know, these ladies would likely come up and make, a, uh, and make dream catchers. <laughs> Why can't we be able to come out for a fun night, uh, without indigenity? being brought up without that being the center of his jokes and attacks to see my sisters and my relatives to be treated in this way. You get this sense of protection. Uh, uh, there was, although rumors comedy club, Mark Turner, there was, I recall one of the Winnipeg, uh, both Lena and Turner want to see rumors establish a code of conduct similar to one of the Winnipeg Comedy Festival established. Let's take a look at that. Their code of conduct. We are committed to ensuring all participants, artists, audience members, staff, and volunteers experience events and attend venues free from harassment, hostility, abuse, homophobia, transphobia, racism, sexism, bullying, discrimination, humiliation, disruption, and disrespectful behavior, including inappropriate physical contact, offensive verbal interaction, and unwelcome sexual attention. We will remove any patrons, performers, or community members who violate these terms. So basically, uh, you got to have a TED Talk. That's what I mean, man. Leave comedy alone. Leave comedy alone. Just leave it be. This does the opposite. But then Winnipeg Comedy Club defends decision to book Louis C.K. despite sexual misconduct. So which is it? Are you all in or all out? That's what I mean. When you're picky choosy like this shit and you come out and uh, say some horse shit like this. Uh, 
prior to his Schultz said he saw Vosh becoming frustrated with him. Here you go. Here you go. Schultz, Tyler Schultz, the club's general manager and booker says he was there for Voss's set and confirmed he heard some of the racist comments toward indigenous women. Schultz said he saw Vosh becoming frustrated with them as Schultz says the women were being loud and disrupting the show. So if you don't want to be a part of the show, then shut the fuck up. You know, it's not, it's not that hard. So you wanted to be a part of the show. You became a part of the show. And now you're upset that you were a part of the show, even though you're disrupting the show. Do you understand the mental gymnastics that's going on here? Just like leave comedy the fuck alone. And then you have these morons who are outside of a club that are screaming, yelling, fucking trying to disrupt it. But in fact, all you're doing is bringing credibility um, to something like this. this. This causes like some folks to want to be a part of it. Okay, where is, we're going to check out Aaron Berg. What was the show? Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. Here we go. Murder in Miami. What? Where's they have? Uh, he had. Where was it? Okay. So essentially, he's trolling. Stand up for Israel, and then just has a bunch of shows with some uh, stand up New York and badass Jews presents stand up for Israel. So, uh, it's just a show with a bunch of Jews, Judy Gold, Aaron Berg, Rich Voss, and who's that? Rebecca Reingold, you know? And again, these morons are outside. You just add credibility, credibility to the club that they stand for comedy, no matter what it is. You don't have to agree with it. You know, you don't have to. You don't have to agree with it. Just leave it the fuck alone. Brilliant. I would love this. Sold out show too for this one. They're all wearing masks. God, women are annoying, aren't they? It's all fucking women. It's women and dudes who don't get pussy. You know? Because, like, uh, I believe this is a Thursday night show. I believe. And it's sold to the bone. And it's just a bunch of bored women. You know? Just bored women. That's that's what causes the most noise. It's just bored women sitting around. Shut up. Enough, will you? Can you relax? My God. You remember your your grandfather really fucked up by not just being like, hey, maybe they shouldn't vote. You know what I mean?
Wow. Hope that's outside of a danger catch on one of these days. You know, that's good footage. That's good promo, you know? I'm wasting so much talent not being a wrestling heel, you know? I could, if I could learn how to wrestle, God, I would be, I would be a star in the WWE. I'd be touring every goddamn day. I'd be in a new city and I'd just be fucking making people hate me. I'm, I'm clearly good at it, you know? I could be the Stone Cold Steve Austin of this generation. But instead, I, 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 I'm wasting all this talent just telling jokes in fucking Thunder Bay, Ontario, May 3rd and 4th, because the show got moved because of venue uh, problems. But, that, you know, that's besides the point, you know? And instead, I got to be condescending and an asshole on a podcast when, you know, I, I, I could be out uh, wrestling with Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania. I could be suplexing Roman Reigns, you know, and, and pissing off all the people. I'd have them upset. They'd be losing their minds. But no, no, no. What do you want to do? You want to tell jokes. You just want to tell some jokes and uh, amuse the people. Just get them fucking going, you know. That's uh but the crazy thing is, is it just doesn't work in that, in that sense. It just doesn't work like that. You know? It makes it, uh, it just makes it more fun in a way. Is, is seeing this. And I understand that we've got to be, like, the funny has to be there. And I know with our shows, uh, just based upon laughs that people are having a good time. I know that for a fact, and I will stand behind that. And yeah, is some of our jokes a bit shocking, but we toe the line. That's what it is. It always has to be more funny than shocking. You can bring shocking to the table as long as it's funny. But if you're just going out there for shock value, you know, as long as you you can follow that up. That's the joy of this art form is like being able to speak about these things. But if you want to censor that art, you go right here. Give me my fucking visa. Give me my fucking uh, O-1 visa quicker. You know, you got a whole country that dislikes you. Eh. It's not like Canada matters though. That's the thing. It's like, you can't really like, because we do shit like this, like, uh, we're, we're always in the news for goofy shit like that, like the Rich Voss scenario. And then this just came out, you know, a rebel news reporter goes to a uh, high school or sorry, university. Get this fucking shit out of here. Go away. Uh, five trans players dominate women's college volleyball games, sparking outrage and claims of cheating. Uh, five transgender players reportedly reportedly dominated in a recent women's college volleyball game in Canada, sparking outrage online, including from tennis great Martina Navratilov. Canadian website Rebel News posted footage showing three trans athletes playing for Seneca Sting and two for the Centennial Clo uh, Colts in a January 24th game. Okay, so it evens out. Evens the score. Who's got the better trance? You know, it's like having uh, you know you got you got uh, Marty McSorley and uh, who would be another great tough like like two tough guys on each team, and it's like who's the tougher 
You know, we're put, we're up here. This is how progressive we are up here in Canada that we put the trans against the trans and we mix them in with the ladies. And we're just trying to figure out like if you can have a bit of an advantage, you know, it's like kind of like this is our version of Tom Brady deflating the, the football in the Super Bowl, you know, that this is and it. You know, ironically, this is deflated balls. This is our version of deflated balls. You know, we just put the trans against the trans with a few. We sprinkle in a few ladies just to be like, look, you you can barely tell the difference, you know. But then uh, David Menzies of Rebel News, we're going to check out some of his uh, females. Sir, why are you taking away a spot from a real woman? Hey, excuse me. Don't you're touch not, me, sir. Don't to touch me. Don't touch me. What's wrong with you? Is it, what is wrong woman? with you? It's always fun when you get an ex at African. What is wrong with you? Why are you here yelling at these beautiful ladies? Hey, don't touch me, sir. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. What's wrong with you? Why are men playing with women? We saw it with their own eyes, and now they're changing this. Hey, coach. Coach, why why are you playing male players? Why are you? It's always odd when you see a uh, what looks to be a redditor as a female volleyball coach. You know, what are you doing? What are you doing? Uh, what are you up to? Andrew Mallory, women's volleyball head coach, Centennial College. Where's Centennial College? Is this like a community college kind of deal? Centennial College. Where is this? Oh, it's in Toronto. Over 400 diploma, degree, and certificate programs offering. Let's get some information about the Centennial College. Not much on Wikipedia. Is this like uh, is this like Last Chance University a little bit here? Is that what it is? You know, I'm not exactly the person that you should be uh, running to when it comes to excuse me, uh, university degrees or anything like that. You know, I have admitted many times on this podcast that I'm not the most brilliant man. You've seen me struggle with words. You've heard me struggle with words. Uh, my reading ability, you know, may not be up to par. I'm on the reading level of a grade five student in a, you know, in a, in a, impoverished area, you know, with parents that don't really care that much. So this person now resorts to crime. I just instead went to the internet and the oil patch, you know, what every person from my hometown would do instead of not much crime to be had in a small town, not much crime worth bragging about anyways. You know, what are we going to do? Steal copper wire? What are we going to go rob fucking abandoned houses of the copper pipes and try and sell it? You know, there was one pawn shop in the town. Unless you wanted to drive a half an hour to the to the closest city, which was Lethbridge, to try and pawn off jewelry that you would steal. But even then, that's a bit risky, isn't it? You know, even then, that's it. That's a that's a bit touchy. It's a little kind of shitting in your own backyard, aren't you? So crime isn't really an option. And if you you know, like like. In the past, we've brought up a few circumstances of like how petty the crime could be is a bunch of kids with a with a pellet gun went and robbed a corn stand. You know, that's the degree of crime that you can get up to in a place like Tabor, Alberta, where, you know, now now we have different issues to worry about. And we it, it, when it when it comes to 
uh, getting out of the town and going to a place like Centennial College would be like the holy grail of getting out of Tabor, you know? And it, it, it truly irritates me that I'm a little late to the party when it comes to this athleticism thing. Like if, if only this whole language shift would have happened in like 2005, I might have a, like a fucking athletic career. I might have went on to play volleyball for the Centennial College, but no, it has to happen in 2020 fucking four and I missed the boat. So it is a bit disturbing to me, you know? It does irritate me. What am I going to do now? Am I going to bring ageism and sexism into fucking play? I'm a little late to the game on that one, you know? I'm 33 years old. I can't be running around town pretending I'm a woman all of a sudden. It's, it's like you're going to see through it where I had to get in before the getting was good. It's kind of like a pyramid scheme in a sense, you know? If you're the first one in and you can dupe all these other morons, which I'm a pyramid scheme expert. I've been in two of them, to be honest. And I got duped and I was like, I was, I was in the mid kind of rise. So I was able to get in while the getting was good a little bit and convince people that, hey, what I'm doing here is kind of cool. You want in on this shit? You want to make some money? And do I feel bad about that? Ah, I was 20 years old. Didn't know what the fuck it was trying to sell travel packages or whatever the hell it was, you know, God, I was in on the, I was in on the spoof. I was a bit of a bit of a prankster back then, I guess you could say, but that's, that's a young man that like, see, this would have been something more. I would have been more inclined to uh, participate in, you know, maybe I could have got into female mixed martial arts, still get my fucking head caved in by, uh, you know, some of these ladies. At least, I, at least the the fight would end with me having a hard on. Nothing sexier than a woman punching you in the face. Am I right, fellas? <laughs> Nothing sexier than your you, you know a bloody nose being from the receiving end of a woman's right hand. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyways, back to the video. Playing male players. I'm not. I'm not. Wow. Chaotic footage shows an outraged Rebel News reporter confronting members of a f college female volleyball team in Toronto. Do we have any more footage? Uh, but that's what I mean. Like, uh, the scale is quite tilted in terms of the whole trans athletes, you know? It is quite tilted. The trans dudes are quite quiet about it. They just like, hey, fucking, I think I'm a guy. Until they, like, we, there's only been a few, like, circumstances that have popped up where you're like, oh, okay, this one's crying. And it's like, shut the fuck up. Now you get treated like a man. Now you know how we feel. And crying on TikTok, being like, fucking, I can't believe how it's so hard to make friends. Oh, oh, suddenly, uh, are you believing that you're in the right body? What did you think happened over here? It's all sunshine and fucking rainbows? No, every day. You got to hear about, oh, you're fucking, you shut up, go to war for me. You know, all these whining fucking women. And then, and then they, they're always, North American women always complaining. I've noticed that, you know. And, I, and, you know, you come to a show where I'm bitching and whining and complaining about news and what's happening in the world. And, and, and it's quite, uh, 
contradicting what uh what i'm saying about the ladies as i sit here but this is for entertainment purposes if you're coming to this show and taking me serious ah, i i hate to see where you end up you know i hate to see where you end up as a human being but this show this show is meant for the morons you shouldn't be watching this if you have an iq over fucking 15 you know if you got an iq over 15 turn this off now you need to be doing something better with your life, you know? You could be laying bricks. <laughs> you could be getting yelled at by a foreman on a construction site right now, but instead you're sitting here, you're listening to this? What is wrong with you? You know? And that's the joy of being a dumb male in this era. You just got to understand where you are in the pecking order. You know, but if, if, if the political shift that we think is happening is happening, boy, oh boy, are we in for a rude awakening? You know, I'm already, you can sense it. You can feel if you take a step back and just view the world for what it is at times, you're able to like, you can sense a shift coming. You can feel it in the air. Like, uh, Politically, we're pretty fed up here in Canada with our federal government. A lot of provincial governments are fucking up. A lot of politicians, we're seeing them for what they truly are after, you know, they thought that this uh, pandemic, they were going to come out of this scot-free, you know, uh, unscathed. And now everywhere they go, they're harassed in public. They're like, I don't understand. And that's the disconnect that you have with the general public, you know. The whole thoughts and feelings thing is kind of getting pushed to the side because it's like, what these thoughts and feelings aren't getting me anywhere. The cost of bananas went up when we started caring about fucking thoughts and feelings, you know? We don't have time for this. I want a rack of bananas in my house, but I can't afford them. I just seen a fucking photo of drumsticks in a, in a uh, Toronto. Was it Toronto or Ottawa? A package of 12 drumsticks, seasoned and flavored for $202. Now, they said it was a misprint, but that's an easy way out. It's a very easy way out. It's like saying you're a stand-up com uh, comic, but you're an activist. But this is what the world is coming to, is a shift. Is I think... I think the vast majority, because we've we spent the past couple years listening, actually, I'd say probably five to seven years listening to the loud minority, and now the silent majority is starting to be like, shut the fuck up, you know? I feel that uh, they're drawing out more people that uh, that do not care about these minor issues. They're dragging them out to be a loud majority, you know, and more and more are coming to the, to the forefronts to just be like, can you please knock it the fuck off? It's like with the school system and, uh, what, what, what children are being taught, uh, parents now are paying more attention, but how do you distract them by, by making their lives harder? So they have to get a second job. So this indoctrination process that takes over, 
the course of the 12 years that you're, you're sitting in the, the, the school system, you know, the, you're, you, you, you're able to manipulate these minds and teach them whatever, like there is a curriculum for a reason, you know, have we been taught the truth all this time? I don't like to believe that. I don't think we've been taught the truth about human history. I don't, I think that a lot of things are manipulated in the media to, uh, curate this senseless emotional being to then become outraged, but they don't know what they're outraged at. You know, it's a distraction from the real problems that exist in our lives. And that's what the media is. It's a tool to keep your mind focused on other things, things that you shouldn't be mad at, that you cannot control. It's outside your realm. If you start viewing the news for entertainment purposes, which it, 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 it kind of is a... That, that's its whole intention is it's entertainment. It's a distraction from, you know, what's truly taking place in the world around you, you know? And I find a lot of us buy into it. A lot of us buy into this horse shit right here. And, and then we, we cheer and we, and we hop behind it as if like there's some sort of, you're missing something. So you feel whole because you're, you're supporting something that doesn't necessarily make any sense, but because it's twisted in a way as if it's the correct, it's the correct mindset to have, then you get this validation from others that also buy into the horse shit, you know? And, it, and it's this herd mentality. And if you step away from the herd and you start saying like, what the fuck are we doing here? You know, like the, like if you start, if you start questioning the electoral process, you're then scrutinized. You're, you're called a conspiracy theorist. You're called all these names. You know, if you, if you spoke out during uh, lockdowns that this isn't necessary, you were called uh, racist homophobic, which were, you know, don't even, they, 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 they don't even apply to what you're trying to say, but it's just this name calling horse shit that, that, that we believe will silence those folks because they don't want to be labeled that. But now those labels don't hold any weight. When you call somebody that it's, you've used, you've overused the word to the point where it holds no it's just not sticky anymore. You know, you used to be able to be like, you're racist. And then you'd have to go on the defense and be like, listen, no, no, no. And you got to list off the, the types of races that you hang out with in your local watering hole. Or, you know, I just went to lunch with a Japanese guy. What do you mean? I'm not fucking, I'm not fucking racist. And you got to do that. Where now it's like, you're racist. And you're like, yeah, yeah, fuck. I guess I am. I don't know. Fucking anyways, like I was saying, and they're like, what, you don't care about that? And it's like, there you've become immune to this. It's similar to like, a, it's like a herd immunity, which, you, Hey, can't be saying that on this fucking show. You get the show shut down. You know, you can't have herd immunity. That's the thing. Isn't that funny? It's like, we've come to a place now where like herd immunity to these words has been achieved. And now nobody's really scared to be called that anymore. You know, these days of like calling fucking jobs and being like, Hey, fucking, this guy said this on Facebook and you're like, well, what do you do for work? Well, I don't do anything. 
What do you do for a job? I'm sitting at home currently, and I'm just waiting for my unemployment check to come in. And it's like, all right, well, are you going to come down and, and take this job? No. Fuck off. You know, it is it is funny. We, we've had club owners, too, that that uh, people have called the club and be like, did you know that they said, fuck off, bam. <laughs> like, I don't give a shit. And uh, one of those clubs that, 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 ah, fuck it. You know, if, you, if you've been to a danger room before in Calgary, Alberta, then you understand, like, the magnitude of, like, what we go for on stage and what's said on stage. And we bring this almost, it's, it, it's, it's incredibly, it's, it's meant to push the lines and, and to have somebody that's just like, I don't give a fuck. You know, I think that's where a lot of us are again to like, go back to what I was saying prior is like, I think a lot of us now have gotten to that point where we're just like, whatever. I don't give a shit. What do you, what are you going to come in here and sell out a show? No. Okay. Then why am I talking to you? Are you a comedian? No. All right. Gotta go. I'm going to leave a bad review. All right. Okay. You got me. I'm handcuffed. What do you want me to say here? A bad review? Uh, no one gives a shit. No one cares. It's a, you know, it's an establishment. Your reviews or whatever. Some people are going to find that funnier. And then now you've made my, you've, you've validated my comedy club for actually having good comedy in it instead of like, you know, having a code of conduct at TEDx talk at the Winnipeg comedy festival. You know what I mean? is uh you 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 go through this process of like once you've been like forged in the fire that's all you got to do is that if more people weren't scared to just speak their mind on what they truly believe in we this this would not have happened over the years but now that it is happening you're seeing more people coming out and being like this is what i think and why okay here's why Here's this. I don't give a fuck what you think. We can converse about this, but if you can show me a better way of thinking, there's no open-minded individuals from the extreme left and the extreme right. You know, there isn't. There's so that leaves this giant gap between the loudest people from both of those political affiliations to just scream and scream and scream and scream. And it's just constant words back and forth, but there is no like cordial conversation taking place. So that way, and there are people that will step outside of that, but they're demonized for talking to somebody from a different political affiliation, which I don't understand because the only way we can move forward is to talking to one another. You know, we can't, you can't, Again, like I said, you cannot sit there and preach about free speech, but meanwhile, throw something like, well, you have hate speech. Well, that's considered under the umbrella of free speech. And if the only way we can uh, correct bad speech is with more speech, but when you silence those that are bringing any sort of speech to the table, all you're doing is making this... Uh, almost something that's sought after, it becomes like a, it becomes more rare. So when you hear it, 
you know, where if you allowed this type of like the comedy that we do, if you just allowed it to happen, we would be, you know, maybe somebody does it better than we do. And we would be, or maybe we're the best at it. We don't know. But right now, as it sits, we're one of the few in the country that do offer this style of show. So it becomes uh, demanded and people want this because it doesn't exist. You fill the airwaves of CTV comedy, CBC comedy, these festivals like I just showed you um, with this style of comedy that there's no substance behind it. There's no, you know, you don't, you, you don't feel anything from it. You know, you go there and you're like, Oh God, this is fucking gay. You know, true comedy fans go there and th- that understand it. And I'm not saying that the comic that goes on stage, uh, is bad. I'm just saying that the guidelines in front of him to not give him the room or her or they or them or Z or Zer, the list goes on. Whatever pronouns you apply to your bio in your Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook, whatever it is, apply that to what I just said, and then we can move forward. Now, you, you get where I'm going. See, this is like the dancing that you would have to do on a stage like that. You know what I mean? And I say he because, you know, women are not funny. And... Oh, there we go. Thank you. Live studio audience. A little late on that one. But you don't give this person the room to find the funny by putting guidelines and fucking roadblocks in front of them. That stage is meant to find the funny. And, you know, like, I get it. It's, hey, this is for TV. And then you have the government of Canada who then funds this and puts even more roadblocks in front of these people so that it, it just, uh, there's no room for it, you know? When, when the government has their hands in everything, when it comes to media, when it comes to art, when it comes to uh, television production, you know that it's just forced fed horse shit because you have to check boxes it has no creativity put behind it because again you're you you don't get to allow the freedom to take place and that doesn't mean that you know like i'm not saying that it has to have certain things you can make whatever you want and that's where the internet is great and as we go further down this rabbit hole is like as the government of Canada is trying to overreach and control the internet and what you see on your on uh, these platforms, you know, it has to be deemed Canadian. We're going to run into the same problems that we had with the CRTC um, putting guidelines up for Canadian content being on radio and te- uh, television because then not only do they control what's going on there, they has to be 60, I think it's 60% of Canadian content across radio and TV. So then the, the internet has to be the same, but it has to represent Canada. And now what represents Canada? So now they're curating the culture where they don't understand the culture of the people. You know, that's the thing. The people create the culture. I'm going on a wild rant and I know that like maybe this is supposed to be a comedy podcast. I get that. We'll get there one day, <laughs> but that's the, that's the thing is like, I don't understand, you know, and I, and I'm not going to sit here and bitch because I, I'm never going to be awarded something like that. And I, and, but I'm just saying for those that do want to go that route, there's so many fucking road, just barriers in front of them to produce something that could be seen across, um, Canadian broadcast television 
and it, and it is, and it's a bummer because we're not showcasing our best. It's then turned into this. Basically, it, it it's turned into this. We got to check boxes. We don't get to showcase our best comics because it's a box checking event. Event, you know, who's going to comply? Nobody wants to step outside the box because then you're biting the fucking hand that feeds you. And the other road, you know, to take is to garner your own audience is to bring people like people come out to see you. They want to see your show. They don't give a shit. Nobody. Here's an, here's a prime example. Whoa. We're spitting a lot. Brett is an accredited comedian. Who's been on, uh, uh, the likes of JFL, the Hollywood Comedy Festival. He's been to the Halifax Comedy Festival. None of those credits hold weight. You know, you hear that and you're like, oh, okay. But when when we bring him up and we say this guy has been banned for life from the CBC, it raises eyebrows. It then sets the tone for what his set is going to be. You know, you're, you're, you're more engaged because it's like there's some emotion drawn out of you. You hear like, Oh yeah. Oh, a little pat on the back session before that. But then you hear like, Oh, something's been taken from this guy because of like what he has said on a stage. This must mean that we are in for a great show. This must mean that we are gearing up to hear some shit that we haven't heard in a while. And that's, and that's what's fun about this. So regardless of what's happening you know, to us currently right now by another quote unquote activist, comedian, whatever you want to say, uh, celebrating some sort of win as if like this has hurt us as a, not only as a, like a comedy trio, but as individuals uh, that it's it, it set us back. Sure. In the moment, you may think that you've won the battle, but this war that that we are in we've been in this war now for a few years you know and 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 when these things happen we garner more attention to ourselves and then more fans come our way you just push people it's almost like uh you know you know when like you when you know when like those people that are very strong minded with their political affiliations and then when somebody inside that group says something that they don't necessarily agree with and they demonize that person for saying said what whatever and they've now like finger pointed and blah 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 you push them over you're pushing more fans over to us and people that you know would enjoy this style of comedy so it it, it doesn't hurt it just helps it helps us find the people that want to come see this easier and it also then those folks that, you know, maybe were fans of us that that don't like that realize that they don't really enjoy this type of comedy. Maybe they are able to go and find somebody else. You know, I'm not going to sit here and fucking be like, oh, well, it's all about me, 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 me. Maybe you aren't into this. Maybe you don't like this, you know, but that's uh, that's the game, baby. Uh, DangerCatShop.com for all tickets. Uh, exclusive episode up. Uh, we talk more in depth about, you know, like we said, it's, it's, this is a horseshit show. We do horseshit things. 
and just talk horse shit. And uh, we will uh, see you over at the exclusive episode at uh, patreon.com slash dangercat69. Great way to support the Uncle Hack podcast. Uh, come check out a live show. Uh, all the dates that you see um, or heard at the beginning you can catch tickets at dangercatshop.com. Leave a comment down below. Uh, if you're listening on Apple, please um, leave a review or whatever you'd like. And uh, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Uncle Hack Podcast. We appreciate you being here. And we will see you next week, uh, Thursday at 3 p.m. Mountain Standard Time.